0: Welcome to the Geek Teek podcast where I'm the topic this week. I'm Void and I'm here with my co-host Beej. Oh, you're always the topic of my heart. Oh, that's so nice. Aww. Today we're talking about me, not really just me, but the move <laughs>
1: that I've had because you and I haven't actually talked about this yet, which is kind of crazy. No. It's nuts. Like we've been texting back and forth for, you know, like three years now about this, it feels like. But it's this is the first time we've been able to sit down and just have a discussion and talk about it. Right. Well, I mean, you know, all the broad strokes of what's been happening.
0: But like I haven't given you all the details because I was kind of saving uh-uh. it to talk with you on here about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been super busy while I was out. Like you covered all of these extra weeks that came out of nowhere because you had we had what like Three days warning before I had to pack up my stuff and just be gone. Yeah,
1: it was it was ridiculous because it was you you had this stuff going on. You were you know, you you knew that you were looking and then all of a sudden it was like, nope, everything is happening. And you're like, can you cover this for a week or two? And I was like, yeah, sure. There was like, oh, no, everything exploded in the world and we have to take care of all of this forever. It's like, all right.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm glad we recorded
1: two weeks ahead of time, because I was like, this might be
0: longer than I'm anticipating, so let's do two, and then we'll see how it goes, and then you ended up covering four without me, I think, so... Thank you for that. And thank you for everybody who showed up and helped out. I know that you pulled in a lot of different people. It was awesome.
1: Yeah. And thanks to you last week with uh, the with Jennifer having passed out because of an allergic reaction uh, to an allergy test. So I had to run and do the husbandly thing that way. So I really appreciate you being uh, cool with uh, covering the one week like that. It just worked out the perfect way that uh, you could cover that and we can move forward and not miss a not miss an episode. And she's good now, right? Right, she's good. Okay, she felt really weird that night, but everything is good. She starts actual allergy shots on uh, on Thursday, so so everything <laughs> so is great. We if, you, if
0: this is your first podcast, I don't know why you're listening to this episode in particular. We don't normally ramble <laughs> at the beginning like this, but again, it's like I'm kind of the topic because I threw everything off. So this is all tying back into it because I we we went from. Uh, casually looking to buying a house extremely fast. And basically what happened was when we bought our first house, our townhouse that we were in for the last like five years, um, the plan was always that like in five to seven years, we'll get uh, a single family home and that'll probably be our home like forever, you know, or for at least 30 or 40 years until we're ready to retire and then maybe downsize. But who knows? It might be the house forever. And, um, you know, spoilers, that's kind of where we landed right now. That's what we were aiming for. But what happened was when we were looking for the townhouse, it took us a year and a half to find that house and it was three serious rounds of looking um, the first time it was just like we couldn't quite make the money work so we kind of put it on hold and then the second time we could not find a house that was the right house and we didn't want to spend money on one that wasn't perfect and then the third time we finally like just got out there again and did it and uh, you know we were we were so ready to react that time because it was so hard the second time that um, you know basically like to buy a, your first house when it's super competitive like it was when we bought that house you have to be ready to put in an offer like immediately on a house
1: yeah and I've never done it in that kind of of environment like it's never been like the house that we ended up buying had been on the market and had its price lowered for a couple of months maybe even longer than that where we haven't been i know about it because my parents were in real estate and i've seen it but it's not been uh it's not been something i've actually had to deal with on a personal level so i can't imagine the stress of all of that yeah so when we bought our first house like it was amazing. If
0: any starter home would be on the market for more than a week, that would be like crazy at the time. Most of them would sell within the first like three days of being listed. So that's why it took us so long. So it took a year and a half. And basically Uh what happened is that we just hit the five year mark of being in our home um, in December. And so once the holidays were over and things were calming down, this was like beginning of January, like, um, you know, probably the first or second week back at work. And We kind of were sitting on a Friday night. We're just like drinking wine and having a night like you do on a Friday. And we said, oh, we should maybe start looking again because I think finances would work out. And it's going to take a year and a half because that's what it took last time. So friday night like the end of the night we sent an email to our finance person and our real estate person and said hey we're thinking about looking again can you set up our mls search to the real estate guy and then you know can i get pre-qualified for a loan to the finance person and they got back to us saturday morning so by saturday at like 10 a.m we had a pre-approval for a loan and we had our mls search set up we're like okay we can start casually browsing and that was the plan you know um And over the last five years, we've been building up this, like, mental checklist of everything this house needs to be. Because, again, we want to be in it for 30 years at least. Yes. And... it was a big checklist, right? And it's just like, we'll know when we see it, but it's going to take a while. That's kind of the attitude we had going into it. So we did that. And then when we looked on Saturday morning, there was one house that checked every single box and it had just dropped in price dramatically because it had been on the market for like six months. And we were like, well, if that's the house, then somebody is going to snatch it up because of that giant price drop. And if we don't go and look at it and find out if it is the house or not, we're going to kick ourselves because that would be it, it just didn't seem like it could possibly be real in you know the first day of looking that we
1: would find right. the right house. Of so course not. No, that, that so, doesn't happen to anyone. I mean, we did it in a week and everybody thought it was nuts that uh, we went from looking to buying within a week and just doing it the same day. I've never heard of anyone.
0: Yeah, so we went into it expecting, you know, a year process, a year and a half process, and we saw one on the first day. So we, that was on a Saturday, and we set up showings on Monday, because you never want to just see one house. So we set up like a bunch of houses that we knew we wouldn't buy, but we wanted to just kind of like re-triangulate, you know, looking at houses again, because it had been a while. So we set up like five, six, seven, something like that, and we saved the one that we were actually interested in for last. And when we walked into that house, it's the house that I'm sitting in now, that I now own. And- It's just like it it was the right place at the right time. And everything lined up for timing in a way that was just insane. Like we never expected that to happen. So we went from casually, maybe we should start looking to putting in a purchase offer and having it, you know, after back and forth negotiation, we had a purchase offer signed or purchase agreement signed on Tuesday. So it was like Eh, maybe on a Friday night to Tuesday, we, you know, basically were locked in to buy this house. It was just it was insane. And like you said, if if you've never bought a house before,
1: that is just a crazy timeline. Like that doesn't happen Mm-mm. like that's just I don't even like just the, when you told me that, oh, we put a contract. I asked you if you had a contract because that's what my parents had always called it, the uh, the agreement. And you were like, yeah, I think so. We signed some stuff. And I was like, oh, that's really quick. And then like three days later, you were like, yep, we got to move. And I'm like um what (laughs) well yeah and so one of the things that the buyer asked
0: for was a fast close because it had been listed for so long they really wanted to close the house so we agreed as one of the things to like get the purchase agreement you know over the line and lock it in because we really wanted it and you know normally you look for a while you negotiate you get a purchase agreement and then you close like 60 days later maybe 45 if you're really feeling ambitious and we spent three days looking negotiating we got the purchase agreement and then we closed less than six less than 30 days later so it wasn't even a full month from when we started looking to when we owned the new house and that means that like everything for our entire timeline was just accelerated like crazy you know because as soon as we signed that and locked in we had to sell our other house and do you know like it's really hard it's extremely hard to get the equity out of a house that you're living in because you still have a mortgage on it and oh that's a whole process that like luckily we had family and we had some financial ways to do it to like finagle it with uh some short-term loans and stuff but to get like the we needed that right we needed the equity out of our other house to be able to put it on the down payment that we needed to on the new house. So that was a whole process that was super stressful, but we got it sorted out. And I don't know, I just, I can't believe how fast everything happened. Like it felt like the timeline that you have when you're moving apartments, which already feels like stretched, you know, like you're like, Oh my Mm -hmm. God, it's just nonstop. Um, and we did that for a whole house with four of us living there two kids and like all of our possessions. It was, I don't know, it was insane.
1: That's just, yeah, with the kids doing it too, when you were talking to me initially about having to have the show house where you had everything set up when you had to just have this perfect, you know, pristine house. I'm like, You've got two young kids. That sounds like an a recipe for just misery until that house sells.
0: Yeah. And I mean, so we're super happy with the house that we bought, and we're in here now and we're still unpacking, like I'm still working on getting this room set up. I'm surrounded by pillows again to dampen some of the noise because the boxes aren't unpacked in here yet. But it's great. Great house we have a lot more space we like almost doubled our square footage which we were bursting at the seams in the townhouse with the ages our kids are um it's a great lot it has like a big yard you know instead of this poach postage stamp yard that we had at the townhouse that was like barely any space at all um right and just as the kids are getting older we just need more living space than we had and You know, unless something major or unexpected happens, which it can always happen. I mean, life happens. You know, the plan is this is the house that we're probably going to spend the rest of our lives in, or at least until we retire. So we're here for a long time. But like you said, part of the process was we had to sell our old house. And, you know, we listed our house seven days after signing the purchase agreement on the new one. And again, that's just it's insane. That's extremely fast because we had to stage the house and staging a house sucks. Is, is that stage, what you were that's talking the word. about?
1: Yeah, that's. What, I couldn't
0: think of the word stage for some reason. Okay, so staging a house, if you guys don't know, because I didn't know, I've never had to sell a house before. That was the first house I ever owned. It's where you make the house look perfect, but it's a weird kind of perfect. It's like... You deep clean it, right? Top to bottom. But then you move out almost all of your stuff. And it's not just your personal possessions, which is kind of like, okay, that part's obvious. But you also take out like half of your furniture, maybe three quarters of your furniture, because you want the house to look lived in and like somebody could easily start their life there. But you need it to be empty enough that it looks big, but also empty enough that it doesn't have a lot of personality and they can picture themselves in the house. (laughs) Like, this is how you sell a house. So- We had all of our possessions out. Like, my brother, luckily, he has a two-car garage stall, and he's only using one stall at the moment. Um, And so he gave me half of his garage for a month and a half basically. And that's where like 85% of the things that we owned were for that entire time. Like that's where my entire recording setup, my desk, my microphone, like all of it was just in his garage, which is why I couldn't record. And it's, it's just crazy. Like you just need to make it so that somebody walking into the house blind could visualize, you know, how they would use the space and how they would live in it and kind of pour their own personality into it. And I just hated it I hated this process (laughs) so much we were eating on the floor in the kitchen for a month and a half Um, there were literally no chairs no tables no desks in my house at all so there wasn't a flat place to sit and work on and like this was one of those things where we knew we had to do it but until you start to live with it you don't realize how annoying it is There was no place for me to do work and i do work like almost every night on my computer just because the nature of my job i don't necessarily spend six hours a night on my computer but i probably do you know like half an hour of work a night at least and then there's probably one night a week where i like sit down and i'll do like three or four hours of work from home um I had nowhere to do that except, like, sitting on the couch or sitting on the floor, and then your neck hurts, and then you're like, well, maybe if I reposition and I lay on my stomach and I try to do it, and then your neck hurts in a different way, and then your whole body aches because you're laying on a hardwood floor, and it's just horrible. Um, But it, it wasn't only me, right? Like, the kids still have school. They still have homework, so they have nowhere to do their homework. My wife is in school finishing up her degree, plus she's, like, doing work, too, so she doesn't have anywhere to do her homework or any of her work, and it was... It was just so horrible. I hated it. And, you know, much less having somewhere to do a podcast.
1: Yeah, that was like the least of your worries at that point. And I yeah, I
0: I do not wish that on anybody staging your house is brutal but we did it so fast um normally you would take a couple weeks to do this right like you would pack up your things you would hire some painters paint all your walls neutral colors you know you might consult with people back and forth a couple times about how to stage the house how to make it look to be in this weird middle state where there's not a lot there but it looks lived in but not really lived in um Hmm. we did it in five days like we signed that purchase agreement on a tuesday And like five days later, our house was staged. And then a day or two later, they did photographs of it um, and then it was listed. So at least all the work we did paid off because when we listed our house, it was on the market for 30 hours before we had sold it at our asking price. So it was a super fast turnaround,
1: which that just I'm still that blows my mind, like just just the entire thing where it went so fast. You got an asking price that it's just so crazy to me that this happened so fast. Yeah. And
0: It it was just like like I said the timing it all worked out perfectly in a way that like I didn't want to talk about it at the time I know some of you online were asking me like where are you what are you doing and I just didn't want to jinx it like I wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to hide it from people but I didn't want to celebrate any step along the way until it was all done because I was so afraid that the timing felt too perfect that something was gonna fall apart and yeah I and it didn't it didn't like the whole way through the timing worked out and um part of the craziness too was like most of our family was out of town when we bought this house and when we sold the other one so Uh. we didn't have any help well we had some help we had some family in town but normally we'd have like both sets of parents helping with all sorts of stuff and all of them were on vacation (laughs) while we were doing this because like i said we kind of were like oh yeah casually we'll start looking we didn't think we were actually gonna buy and then have to sell so um We didn't have like that normal support network, even though we had some people in town, like my brother helped a lot. And then um, one of my, she's not quite my sister-in-law, but like an almost um, sister-in-law, she's, (laughs) she helped a lot. And, you know, my actual sister-in-law did too. So we had some people, but not the amount that we normally would have. And we still staged that house in five days. Um, So we sold the townhouse and, you know, it's officially been sold for about a week now, but um you know in terms of how long it was on the market until we had that purchase agreement it was 30 hours it was like nothing so it all paid off all of our time paid off and then the last like week or two here we're just trying to recover because like we're just beat up and bruised from moving all of our stuff you know yeah uh, not only did i have to pre move all of it for staging but then we actually had to move it again when we moved into this house so that day i think we did three moving trucks worth of transporting things in one day and I don't know when the last time was that I've been that physically exhausted. Like my father-in-law and I, we just powered through it. Um, but it was, it was a lot, it was a lot to carry. And like my arms were like physically like could not hold things at certain points during the day because I had been carrying too much. Like I'd be holding a giant piece of furniture and my fingers would just start to loosen up. And I'd be like, Oh, uh, we have to put this down. Cause against my mental will, my fingers are like letting this drop. So yep. it was that kind of day.
1: Um, and I know exactly what you mean by that too. Like I've had that happen. It's like I'm I'm holding as much as I possibly can right now. Everything is fine, but my hands are like, "No, uh, this is I'm loosening every second right now. You better do something." Uh-oh. Yeah, where it's just I, I, I hate that. I mean, everybody hates that, but it's one of those things like I hate feeling out of control and moving is one of those where you're already out of control. And then your body is like, now nah, I'm done, too. Yep, yep, exactly. And all of this is taking place in one
0: of the coldest and snowiest Februaries that Minnesota has ever had. Um, we are way below normal temperatures like it was negative 10 this morning when I woke up. And normally this time it's March now as we're recording this, we should be like mid to high thirties like we should be going back and forth between like freezing at night and then thawing during the day so we have this like slow spring thaw which is normally how it works we're not having that we're not having that at all we're getting dumped down with snow and then we're getting these like super cold temperatures still it's supposed to maybe warm up in the next week but this was literally the snowiest february on record in the state that we have ever had ever like in the whole history of keeping records and it was one of the coldest ones it's not quite the coldest but right up there with some of the coldest ones so we're trying to move and do all of this in like one of the worst Februarys we possibly could have done so i mean i guess if that's the worst thing that went wrong i'm gonna have to be okay with it and i'm not gonna complain but that was just a whole another complicating factor on top of it
1: and that's that's crazy to me because like right now we had a state of emergency last week where we had uh, record floods that we had never had that were on uh, uh, Hoover Dam and not Hoover Dam, Wilson Dam. And I was like, Hoover Dam's in Nevada. And uh, we, we have Wilson Dam here where the TVA is. And in since at least 1897, and I'm pretty sure that we beat that. So it goes further back. We have a higher uh, we had a higher flood water like the river got up higher than it's ever been since the dam was built and uh, it's just yeah it was crazy like last week was was insane around here and so it's like everywhere is having these record climate things like the freezing and the the temperatures there the we got months and months of rain here in like three days and it's just it's just crazy
0: yeah the whole country right now has been getting kind of a a crazy spring in general like you said i keep seeing records all over the place i know uh, our friends and our fellow podcasters and network people in california we're getting like tons of rain and flooding and things that they never get out there you know i'm dealing with these like arctic vortexes and deep freezes and tons of snow that like normally we'd be past that this time of year and then you have rains and like aren't you guys like above normal for temperature when i'm below normal right now no no we're
1: way below normal right now okay, we i know don't some get... parts of the country are like really far above normal too we don't tend to get a below freezing a lot right now unless it's going to snow but we've we're in a cold snap right now the coldest it's been all winter oh and wow. of course my heat's out so yeah just to complicate things of course exactly um so
0: you know we bought the new house and then we we had this in-between time where we owned two houses, which is not something you ever want to do for very long. Um, you know, you hear the horror stories of people like have two houses for like six months because they can't get rid of the other one. So at least I wasn't going to run into that. But in that like week, week and a half where we had two before we moved into this new house, um, we immediately dove into a ton of projects on the new house because – As we learned from buying our first house, there's a lot that's so much easier to do before you move in, which I'm sure you experience, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's so much painting that I wish we had done initially that we didn't that I want to do now. But I'm just I'm also lazy and so i don't want to move everything it's just hard and you live in it yeah so um
0: my wife and her family basically painted everything that we wanted painted which is two entire levels of this three level house um you know we have a main level and upstairs and a basement basically so they painted the entire main level and the entire upstairs which is just a huge task and they did it in like three days i think maybe it was three and a half but it was basically three days of hard work um Me and my family, we did a ton of electrical work, so I changed out like probably half of the fixtures in this house, something like that, like all of the upstairs fixtures changed, including like a fan that was also a light. But yeah, like all of the light fixtures um, that were bothering us, I was like, I'm just gonna do them before we move in. Um, So we did all that. And then we had to create an outlet where there used to be a vent hood that was like hardwired in. So we created, you know, an outlet where there wasn't one. Um, And then I also had to do a bunch of. The, the hardest electrical project we did was uh, running a new circuit for my wife's electrical car, which luckily Uh-oh. the circuit breaker was actually in the garage for this house. So that worked out really, really well. But still, anytime you're running a new circuit, it's just like way more work than you think it'll be because you have to think through like, how do I run the conduit? And then how do I pull the cable through the conduit? And it's not the wiring that's the hard part. It's like everything around the wiring. So that was another thing that we did too. And then we, <laughs> the carpet in the upstairs, we didn't realize how bad it was until after we had our final walkthrough. Because up until that point, you always see the house staged, right? So there's furniture yep. everywhere. And we could tell that, like, okay, the main level and the upstairs, the carpet is, like, a little bit worn, you know, the main level, just, like, wear and tear, like you would expect. And we thought the upstairs was the same way. But when we finally saw the upstairs without furniture in it, we were like, oh, this is really bad. Like, it not only had wear and tear, it also had a lot of, like, pet wear and tear, just, like, stains, and, like, they had a cat, and all that kind of stuff. Um, And, you know, me and my kids all have allergies. And we're like, well, this isn't going to work. We need new carpet up here. So one of the other things we had to do was get carpet ordered and installed. So there was a point where we were living in this house and we had all of our things under this roof, but we couldn't actually put anything upstairs because the carpet wasn't in yet. And there was no point in putting furniture upstairs because we were going to have to move it back downstairs for the carpeting guys to do the, you know, the demolition and the install. So my wife and I slept on the dining room floor for like a week surrounded by boxes. That was our bedroom. And it was, it was horrible. Did I tell you about that?
1: No, you didn't tell me about that. I knew you sent me pictures of the rooms that were that needed to be, you know emptied out and moved upstairs but you didn't tell me about the sleeping on the on the dining room floor or the kitchen floor yeah so it used to be a dining room um
0: we took out there was this huge chandelier and we're like we don't need a formal dining room who needs a formal dining room like that's ridiculous these days
1: yeah so we took we're out not the chandelier that kind of people either
0: no we took out the chandelier i put in just like a normal light fixture in there and we're using it as it's, it's a room for like, uh, kind of the family computer and like, uh, a desk that people can, it's not really a desk. It's just like a table that people can use for like crafts or art or like doing homework on or whatever. So it's kind of like an everything, like a catch all room, but we wanted to actually have a space that we would use instead of a space that was going to sit there with a chandelier in it that we weren't ever going to go into. So, um, that's the room that we were like sleeping in. Like we had our King mattress there and we were just sleeping on the floor surrounded by boxes and stuff. And it sucked. Um, least for the kids they have twin mattresses so it was easy to drag those upstairs and throw them on the ground in their rooms um and then when the carpet guys came we just dragged those into the bathroom for the day but yeah the kids um they at least got to be in their rooms for that week but it was just another stressful week where like we were here, but we weren't we couldn't settle settle in because nothing was in the right spot and we couldn't put it in the right spot. It just
1: sounds horrible. Like this entire thing, like I know it's, it ended up being good, but everything about it sounds just like actually going through it sounds horrible. That's why I said when we moved in here is like, I'm going to die in this house. <laughs> it's uh, I'm I'm done. But I know that's not going to be the case. But uh, but man, I do not look forward to moving out of this house either.
0: No, it was super stressful. And I mean, at that point, the main level was essentially an overpriced storage space and the upstairs was just completely empty. And it it felt so weird to live like that because we were living in the space. Um, We made it work, but it was not ideal. And, you know, it's just one of those things where like, I I probably wouldn't move all my stuff again ever. I think the next time that we move, and again, hopefully this is 30 or 40 years from now or maybe never, but I don't think I would ever move all my own things again. I'm going to hire a moving company because going from a townhouse worth of stuff to a single family home worth of stuff, that was the absolute upper limit of what I could actually move. Like, I felt like there were points where we we weren't going to get it done, but we did. Um, But just seeing, like, how close we were to that line, it was like, okay, this is why people hire movers.
1: Yeah, we actually hired a mover the last time when we moved into this house, like we had done it all ourselves when we moved the hour away from uh, Tennessee to Alabama and everything was fine as much as it ever gets but when we moved from the apartment here in the same town we didn't have anyone to lift all of the heavy stuff like I'm made out of spaghetti even in my best shape like my arms are noodles and so I can't lift very much at all and uh, we just didn't have the help to be able to lift and carry everything so we were like pay people pay people to get the really heavy, obnoxious stuff that we truly don't want to do. So uh, it is, and it was worth every penny, every bit of it. So absolutely next time, hire somebody. Yeah, I think in the past I was always like, why would you hire a
0: mover? And now I'm like, oh, I get it. I see exactly why you would hire a mover. Like that's what I'm going to do the next time if I ever have to do this again. So, I mean, it's it's been a lot. <laughs> There's been a lot in the last month and a half, a little bit more than a month and a half now. Um, but, you know, all in, we bought a house, sold a house, and moved into the new space in a month and a half in a freak month of winter, even by Minnesota standards. And like I said, you know, that like month and a half timeline, that's kind of normal-ish. If you're renting and it feels stressful then, this was just compounded. It was just an insane timeline. If you own a house and you're buying and selling, like don't do to yourself what I did to myself. (laughs) Um, It was not great. But in the end, like, we're here, and we're so happy, and we're so excited for this house, and the other one is sold, and we're done with it, and, like, I I don't know how things could have worked out better, so I'm not complaining, but I just wanted to, like, let everybody know this is what I've been doing and where I've been.
1: Like, so is this worth it? like going through all of this that you you've done like all of this just headache and and really this kind of nightmare in a lot of ways was it worth it to get this house do you love it enough that it was worth it for you to uh, to have put yourself and your family through it. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't
0: a nightmare, it was just a lot, you know? It was just a lot to deal with and there was a lot going on and a lot of moving pieces and it felt never ending. Like I mean, I know I've talked about it before as much as I'm on here and I broadcast every week. Like I'm an introvert truly, you know? That's how I recharge and not really being able to recharge for the last like month and a half, that's been wearing on me. But it wasn't it wasn't a nightmare. I mean, there were parts that were very stressful, but like I said, there are so many places where it could have completely fallen apart or just not worked. Or there are so many things that could have gone wrong that didn't go wrong that I don't think of it as a nightmare at all. I just think of it as a very stressful time. And it was absolutely worth that stress. Like we're so happy with the house and with the yard and with the new place where we are, where I guess I didn't even say, but like, um, You know, we lived in, again, I don't give away like my exact whereabouts, but you guys know I live in the Twin Cities. So I grew up in one suburb. Um, Our townhouse was one suburb north of that. And now, if you look back at where I grew up, we're instead of being a suburb north of that, we're one to the west of that. So we're not far from where we were like we were never going to move far. But we moved into um, the school district that we really wanted to be in from the beginning, which is a school district where my wife and I grew up. And it's amazing. We love it. It's great. So we're so happy that the kids are going to go there next year. And we are actually closer to family than we were before. Like I said, we were never far from family and that was always on purpose, but we're actually closer now than we were probably like half the distance that we were in the townhouse. So I already feel like we're seeing people more, which is great. And then the other thing is that like, it's not a new area to learn. Like when we moved into the townhouse, we moved a suburb north of where we used to be. We kind of had to relearn the area because it was far enough away. Like we knew it because we would be there and drive through there and you know there were stores up there we'd go to but getting a feel for it and knowing like the day-to-day of like oh if i just want to go get this kind of fast food or if i want a pizza like what pizza is available or you know where's the nearest starbucks like we had to relearn that when we moved to the townhouse moving here feels like in a way kind of like coming home because the main road that we drive on is the same like main road through the suburb where we both grew up and we know everything on it because that's where we spent our teenage lives like learning how to drive you know and then um the first five years maybe that we were together in an apartment was in that suburb too so like we just we know the area so well um so yeah i mean we're super happy with where we landed we're super happy with the house we have this huge sledding hill in the backyard that the kids keep going sledding on and you know, they've sledded here and there, but they've never had like a hill that was theirs that they could just go out onto whenever. And they've been going out there any day that it's not that Arctic freeze that we've been getting. Um, they've just been sledding and it's so cool to like, just watch them go sled and we can stay inside and see them even though they're like football fields away from us. Um, the backyard has this like, We have a lot of space, but there's a couple awesome trees in it. And then it has this huge communal, like I said, that hill in the back is like this big communal hill for probably like five or six different houses that are near us. So they're kind of meeting other kids while they're going out sledding, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it was it was totally completely worth it. We're
1: so excited. That is so awesome that I, I love that you can see them like that and that they're they're meeting kids to do it. That's just as they do it. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. And we did. I've to never disturb, had that. Like we didn't have to disturb their school year either, which was again, I said the timing could not have been more perfect. Like we're not too far away. So my wife was driving them to school every day anyway and now she just has a slightly different drive, but it's almost the exact same length of time just because of the way the roads are and the stoplights are, um... So they're still going to their same school every day. We'll switch them in the summer here to be in the new school district. But like we didn't even have to disturb them in the middle of their school year, which was just great.
1: That was what I was worried about initially. I remember asking you about it, where with this just happening so quickly, way quicker than you had initially planned, that I'm glad it didn't upset that, that you can do it through the end of the school year and then move into a new district.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it all worked out. So that's where I've been, everybody. I'm back (laughs) hopefully every week for a while here. Uh, But It was good. It was stressful, but it was good. And we're still unpacking. And I would expect that a lot of my weekly geekery is going to include some household stuff that I'm picking away at. But besides that, hopefully we'll get back to a a semi normal schedule here.
1: That's that's great. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to be back and doing this as I mean I had fun doing it before and having Austin and Katie on and doing all of that but it's uh, we've been doing this for 3 years I mean one week from today is actually our 3 year anniversary of when it launched so this is really the three-year anniversary of us recording, I guess, or close to it. So it's just nuts. I'm glad to be back with you doing this, what we've always been doing. Oh,
0: me too. And I mean, like for the listeners, like I said, it's been it, I, without me for like four weeks. But for you and me, we haven't done this for seven weeks. That's a that's uh-huh. literally the longest time we've ever gone between podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, the most that we would normally do would be to record two episodes ahead of time. So it would end up being like three weeks of real time being a part. So this was strange. And I'm so glad to like be back here recording tonight.
1: Yeah, me too. That uh, I know. And, and we made sure that no matter what it was in the feed, that we had something for you guys out there that we've said from the very beginning, we want something to show up every week for you to listen to that. It might be a quick mini episode with one of us, but we're going to get something out there because we we think that's really important important. And so I'm glad that we've been able to, to do that. And at some point, that streak will be broken because there's only two of us. It's not like
0: a three or a five person podcast. But as long as we can possibly keep that streak alive, we are going to. So I'm happy that it did not break when I moved, (laughs) because if there was any time it was going to, that might have been one of the times.
1: Yeah. And it's it didn't. So everything is is good now. Three years and counting. Yeah. Well, let's take uh, a quick break before we
0: dive into geekery and talk about the geeky offer of the week, which you haven't really talked about the whole time I've been gone, but you can support us on Patreon. You you have the details better than I do, though.
1: It's true. You can support us on Patreon. We have all sorts of stuff. We've actually redone some of our tiers now so that you can go in and look at the rewards at patreon.com slash geek2geekcast. And you can see that we actually have some official sponsor stuff. We have an executive producer. If you would like to be an executive producer on the show, uh, we a- we will even record a uh, some audio for you if you would like that uh, as one of the tiers. We'll do that on a monthly basis and get it to you. Um, but we just stuff like that. We want you to have something fun from us. So uh, check out slash geek2geekcast and uh, sponsor us. <laughs> there you go. Um, around
0: the network this week, Geekitude is kind of on hold because, like I said, California was flooding and Joe got into a car accident. So he's okay. He's on the mend. He has a cyborg hand where he used to have a normal hand, Um, but it sounds Mm -hmm. like the healing is going well. So if you haven't seen the Geekitude podcast lately. That's why. So give your shout-outs to Joe on uh, Slack or on Twitter or wherever, because he'll be back. He'll be back soon with Ray, but at the moment, their podcast is kind of on hold suddenly. Um, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, they had a QA and a episode that just came out, I think, today as we're recording this, so a day or two ago mm-hmm. for you guys as you're listening. Um, Capsule J, he streams Tuesdays from eleven or from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and sometimes on Thursdays and weekends. And you guys can see Troidel at Detroital power um most weeknights sometime after dinner generally but the whole network's doing well outside of joe but i mean he's getting a
1: cyborg hand so you take that as you will yep that's that's very important that uh, that in this day and age that we we have a cyborg among us now too. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm going to count
0: that as a win after he's healed and he's better. Not a win yet because he's still recovering, but we'll get to that point. Um, with that said, uh, let's get to some <laughs> weekly geekery. And before we dive too much into like our normal type stuff, you've been like killing it with the network while I've been gone, and I know you've been texting me and I've been in the loop. But one of the things that you and I talked about probably about a year into the podcast when Mm -hmm. we accidentally created this network which if you guys don't know (laughs) it was an accident we didn't mean to do that um was that like you were like oh it could be this big thing and I was like yes it could and I'm very supportive but I have zero time so if you want to take it and run with it I'm always going to be supportive of it and like I'm happy to be the one that you can bounce things off of but it was kind of one of those things that we set that expectation early that like if someone's going to take it and run with it it's going to have to be you just because like my time is so limited and You've done that in like, you know, bits and pieces here and there over the last few years. But like, while I was gone here over the last seven weeks, you've been doing so much work on the media network and rebranding it and adding more people. So please brag about yourself a little bit and tell people what you've been up to
1: okay so i'm actually really excited about this we have done our best to actually set up the media network as a separate entity where while we are the the titular show we uh don't want it to necessarily be like all about us we want it to be about everyone so we've moved it into uh geek 2 so that you can check out everything it's exactly well it's way better than it was before and it's going to only get better but um so you can still go to geek2geekcast.com and see our show and geek 2 will show them and they all link together so you can go to anywhere you want but what we're doing is we're actually working uh, on a newsletter right now we're trying to build an email list um, more than anything because we want to have a place to give exclusive content and while we have Patreon for that kind of thing we are about free stuff like everybody uh, we want everybody to, to get updates we want everybody to to be a part of it. And we want to give you stuff. And one of the big things is that we're going to have a email subscriber only uh monthly giveaways of just cool stuff. Um I know that Austin has come on and really wanting to be a, a marketing guy and so he's going to be handling a lot of like monthly newsletters and things like that. He sent out one this morning actually. And so as we're recording this and uh very soon like once we hit uh 50 email subscribers i'm giving away an inkling girl amiibo and there's a tweet that you can retweet for a second one um but that's just the kind of thing to start out with i know that uh, both austin and i both have things in our houses that uh we have cool geeky stuff that that we need to get rid of so we figured we would give it to you guys and so we want to just have uh and it's not random stuff. You're not going to get garbage from our houses. Don't get me wrong. Y'all, y'all know what kind of stuff that we collect. Um, but we, we want to do stuff like that. Um, we've got more blogs on the site. We have Austin playing the Dragon Quest uh, series and blogging about it this year. Um, we have my friend Bobby. Actually, uh, if you're on Twitter and you've seen 13th Story, he started blogging. He's a mod over at slash r slash Nintendo. I, I always I feel like such a nerd when I say it, a nerd in the, in the bad way, because I know it's like r Nintendo or something like that, but I never say it right. But uh, the, the actual Nintendo subreddit, uh, Bobby's a part of it uh mod on it so uh he wants to blog about video games for us and so he started that up uh his first full blog went up this week went up yesterday and um excuse me and we have a couple other things coming up i'm blogging a little bit on there myself uh at slash professor beege and uh just about different things i call it beege is excited about something and wants to talk about it because about that's about perfect right now that's how i feel yeah that that's a good title i think and um I think that um, we are working on – you guys should be excited about this. We are working on – well, I – I don't even know how to put it, a contributor section more than anything else, where um, select community members, we can post articles or content uh, that you have uh, as and being a part of it, where it's uh, like like the guest post thing, but also we may be able to bring on regular contributors who may not necessarily want to have like a full show or something, but like, hey, I want to write a few articles and this is a place to do it. So we're going to have, uh, I'm working that out. It's kind of nebulous right now, but uh, we've got a game Dev blog within that kind of coming to form. So I'm really excited about this stuff that uh, we've got a new Twitter uh, at Geek 2 Geek media so that we can have it that everybody is on there. not just uh, it being Geek to Geek cast being us, uh, we want it to be a place where everyone can go and talk to everybody. You know. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm so
0: excited about it. So thank you for charging ahead and doing that work and keeping with it. Because, like I said, I've been here. Like I'm, I'm happy to give feedback and read stuff and you know little con- contributions here and there where I can with my time. But like I just don't have the time. And it's amazing to see you charge ahead with it.
1: It's been a lot of fun. That's one of the uh, the things that I love doing. This I love the idea of project management. And I like like planning this stuff out, but I've never really been able to move forward with a lot of stuff. And so I'm I'm finally at this point where we have enough people that we can delegate things to where when they want to do it. And it's uh, like Austin wanting to do the email stuff. That's what he does for work. So he's like, I can put stuff together on this and uh, that would just be really easy and fun. I like doing this. So it's uh, it's that kind of thing like we've never had the resources to and now we do so so I'm very very excited yeah it's pretty sweet
0: okay so outside of
1: the network though what else have you been
0: doing You yeah, i know you've been playing stuff and doing other things on the side
1: oh man i have so many things okay so the first thing i want to talk about i haven't gotten to talk to you about this uh, since then i know it was right at the time when everything uh, broke apart uh, in your life and uh, i went to see renee elise goldsberry she played uh, angelica in the original cast of hamilton and if you listen to the soundtrack, she's the one that you're going to hear. And so she is incredibly talented. Like she is brilliant. She uh, did a couple of performances with the Nashville uh, Symphony and we got tickets and we were like, maybe, I don't know if I sent you a picture or not, but we were like, maybe three rows back from her and uh, it's a very intimate setting actually and it was just great like she is one of the most talented performers i've ever seen i've never been to a concert or a performance like that where the the singer was absolutely perfect like everything about it was perfect it is by far the best performance that i've ever seen in shows in concerts everything like she is just wonderful she sang Hamilton songs and so being able to hear uh, complicated um, satisfied oh my goodness I don't know what's wrong with my brain (laughs) She sang because I was thinking of "Congratulations," which is a song that got cut from it, but is actually one of my favorite things uh, that would have been in Hamilton. And if you guys haven't listened to "Congratulations," uh, look it up on YouTube. It is so good. And uh, but she sang "Satisfied," and it uh, like that's as close as I'm ever going to get to original cast Hamilton. Like she was doing uh, Skyler Sisters and it, stuff like that, where it was just her parts and they had mixed together. Like the the it was. So, so good. And at one point, she the, the, the last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about and just and tell you specifically was she said something about, you know, being she was telling a story and going, uh, you know, my, my family uh, lives in New York, but I'm on this TV show uh, where I'm having to be in Vancouver. She was like, I don't know if many of you guys have heard of it. Um, it's called Altered Carbon. And me and she was like, does any of you guys uh, watch that or know about it? And me and like two other people in the audience like, yeah. Woo! And she just looked, cocked her head. Aside. I was like, really? Like she didn't expect anybody to have sit and wow. done it. Like it was, it was crazy. Like really people. And uh, it was cause I love Alter Carbon. Y'all know that. And she plays a uh, Quilchrist Falconer in it. So it's uh, like, it was great ever have a chance to see her live, take it because i mean this was the tickets were super cheap. I mean, they were not, i don't think they were over $50 a piece. And i say super cheap in terms of going out, getting concert and having a, a good evening cheap. They weren't like $500 theater seats kind of thing. Um so like it was just great. That's cool. No, i know you sent me some pictures from that and you were super excited right after
0: it happened. It that was weeks ago at this point, but i'm glad that it was a good experience for you.
1: Yeah. And we're going again on Friday, not to anything big. The local university has a uh, a symphony coming in and they're doing something or other that I don't even remember what it is. It's something to do with a planetarium or sky or something. We were like, we enjoy things like this. Now this is our thing. So we decided to go to it. Cool. <laughs> so who knows? Um, I've also I bought Wargroove. So I haven't played it a whole lot, but did you get that? I actually put it on here more to see if you've been able to play Wargroove any, because you were way more excited about it than I was. So one of the things
0: about the podcast that some people may know by now and others don't is that I listen to every episode about four times and you listen to every episode zero times, except for when you record it. Um, Yes. I actually talked about this last week on my main episode, but yeah, I I played Wargroove it basically to not like retread all the ground I talked about last week, but It just reminded me how much more I like Fire Emblem than Advanced War, unfortunately. Uh, um, It's not bad. It's just that it's like so in that Advanced War formula that it doesn't have like the progression and the individual units and the personality and the relationships and the story that I've come to really love from Fire Emblem. It's really more about the turn based strategy, which isn't a bad thing. It was just that like I forgot how much it goes in that direction. So I did too yeah if you really like advanced war and you're all about just like that and you don't care about the story or you know the characters that much and you just want like turn-based strategy um it's a really good spiritual successor to the advanced war series if you like fire emblem and you're looking at that one going oh it's kind of like fire emblem i probably wouldn't recommend it to you
1: that's fair the uh probably the coolest thing for me and it is that there's a golden retriever as a commander and there is, he's, that's true that's, That's that's the best thing ever. But I just wanted to know about it. Like I I did. Like like you said, I listened to them zero. (laughs) And uh, like I I need to listen to yours, actually, when you do them solo, because I'm just out of the habit. I actually don't like listening to myself fully in a podcast. I can listen to snippets and excerpts, but it's like sitting down and listening to myself. I just can't do Um, that. Feels I'm pretty egotistical, and that feels vain to me because (laughs) I'm going to listen to my own podcast. Well, I have to listen to it when I edit.
0: So I got used to it. And then I also need to listen to it when it posts to make sure there's nothing wrong with the file. So, you know, I hear it when I record, and then I hear a lot of the sections twice when I'm editing. Um, if not three times in some sections, it depends how much I'm cleaning up. And then Uh i do one quick listen when it actually posts to make sure there's nothing like glaringly wrong with the file. So yeah, I just listen. It was actually weird when I was away because I got to just be a listener for like, Three or four it, weeks. It was super strange,
1: and you got the uh, BJ edits that where BJ doesn't know what he's doing half the time. Ah, it was fine. Um, it was great. Thank I'm you for so, stepping in. Uh, I'm just so that's one thing that I totally appreciate. Like you know, you said something about the the network stuff and running with it. It's uh, the sound quality just alone editing is is more like. You handling that is more than enough for me to do other <laughs> stuff. It's, it's, I, I'm bad at it. It's something that I've tried to learn. I've looked at stuff. I'm just like, I don't have talent for this because I've never sat down and been fully trained. It's like I haven't been able to pick it up on my own. So I'm super glad about that.
0: Yeah, that was one of those um, things we decided very early and it's, it's worked out. It's been a good balance.
1: I'm sure you listened to the Kingdom Hearts 3 episode, like you said. I did, yeah. But, uh, but I wanted to actually put in like, I want to platinum this game. It's like I have a friend who's platinumed it, but I haven't had the desire to go back to it. And that's what makes me sad. Like, I love this game. I'm not one of the people who did not like it. But uh, going back, it's uh, I got to a point where I didn't log in for a day. It was kind of like, or I say log in, but didn't turn it on for a day and play. And I haven't gone back, but I still have this desire to platinum it. So maybe one day I will. Um, did you ever finish it? Kind
0: of. Again, I talked about this last week, but... Basically, just so you know, I um, got to the final couple bosses, and I got really bored of them because they were <laughs> so long with such long health bars, and yeah. they weren't interesting. So I just put the game down and
1: I watched the last hour and a half on YouTube. So I kind of beat it, I guess. That's fair. That's what I did to Xenoblade Chronicles. I uh, I was like, I can go back and grind for two hours and beat this boss, or watch from this point on on YouTube, and YouTube won. So yep. I right there with you uh but yeah that's i just wanted to know about that because you and i actually haven't texted about it and um but i i got my very first platinum trophy on psn like i'm super excited about this um uh, and it, it, I wanted to talk about specifically tonight because it was early on in the podcast where uh, it may be like, I think it's like episode seven or something where we're talking and you tell me about Cosmic Star Heroin and I didn't know about this game. I got so excited that I pre-ordered it while we were recording. I remember and that. And this week I got the platinum trophy for it. It's like I finally sat down and played all the way through it and just went through everything did all the side stories did uh did the super bosses that they had in there where you can fight Cthulhu stuff like that it's uh and it was it was super fun and uh like I love the battle system for this game just love this battle system like I'm gonna play it again just because I like playing with the uh with the battles and it's uh I've read that they're going to uh, use it for Cthulhu Saves the World 2, uh, which isn't the actual title of it, but that is is the sequel to Cthulhu Saves the World. So they're using the base of uh, the Cosmic Star Heroin engine and combat engine to, to make it. So I am crazy excited about that one. And it turns out that there's a limited, or a limited run games did a physical edition of the game for Vita, PS4 and for Switch, but there is a cool collector's edition version of the ps4 and vita versions that you can get they're about 65 to 80 dollars um but it comes with like an a 76 page art book and it has a long case like you know those sega cd uh big cases yeah. and the way they used to do the rpg boxes when you would get them uh for stuff like that they did it like that and so it's got this long jewel case, the art box, everything put together for a very deliberate aesthetic, just like the game was. And so I'm I'm this close to buying that. Just like it's it's I just have to pull the trigger because I know I'm going to buy it and I'm actually going to get the PS4 version of it instead of the Vita version because I have more chance of ever playing it again. Uh, like physically, like I probably won't have a Vita forever and there will probably be backwards compatibility for a while, but it's like. I want the collector's edition of that game. My first platinum trophy pre-ordered it while we were recording the podcast. Uh, I talk about it all the time, like on how good this JRPG is. And uh, it's fantastic. I'm just excited to have gotten my very first uh, platinum trophy too. That's awesome. Congratulations because I never I don't stick with games like I finish I get to them get to the end or get to my goal I'm like I don't want to do these dumb things that I have to do to finish out and like grind to level 99 when you end the game at 37 and uh, I'm not doing that and this one I was like I'm gonna beat everything and it was it was neat
0: cool yeah I really do too you know I only have a couple of them a little handful but yeah that's that's super cool um so for me this week again I'm still trying to get back into like carving out time for games, but I'm getting there slowly now. Um, I played, probably the main thing I played was Anthem, but I'm still very split on it. I have mixed feelings, so I'm gonna sit with it another week before I talk too much about it. So I'll probably have a more in-depth report or thought process on it next week but just like high level right now i feel like it's really a game that's kind of at war with itself between like that bioware storytelling and trying to be like that loot shooter destiny type of game and it just it, it feels at war with itself so again i want to dig in a little bit more i'm sure i'll have a lot more thoughts i've been writing them down but they're not coherent yet so give me another week um besides so that i are tried they ca- oh go ahead oh sorry are they calling these looter shooters I've seen because, Loot Shooter and Looter Shooter, and I've seen a couple
1: different things. Yeah, I saw that for the first time the other day, just because I've seen just different things. But when I saw Looter Shooter, I'm like, no, please don't let that catch on. It's basically please, trying to g- be like the, the genre is the shooter version of like a
0: Diablo. Yeah, that's the that's, point uh, that they're trying to get across. Yeah. So... Uh, I'll sit with that one some more. I'll play it some more because I'm still in the middle of playing it. Um, I tried Apex Legends because I heard a lot of good things while I was unable to play video games. And it really, like, in playing it, it feels like it's a more interesting take on what Black Ops 4 was trying to do with the Battle Royale genre. It's kind of somewhere between that, like, gritty, realistic and actually having, like, classes and personality and, like, different power (laughs) sets and things. So uh, it kind of feels to me, halfway between, like, the Black Ops 4 or a PUBG and something more like Overwatch. Like, it's trying to split the difference, and I like it more than those other more realistic ones. Um, I'm not sure... I could see myself maybe long-term liking it more than Fortnite, but, like, I played it a bunch, and it's still pretty much just, like, a more realistic Battle Royale. You know, like, it's not as approachable as a Fortnite is, and it's not it's not like reinventing anything with the genre or like it, you know, it, it's, an improvement for sure and it's doing some cool things with the power sets and um the way that you can only play with like three people so they built a lot of things in for a squad that are interesting um they right. have a really cool ping system that i think more games should pick up because you can just like aim at something and hit a button to ping it so you can your character will talk on your behalf so you never actually have to use voice comms because like i hate voice chat in games these days if it's not people I yes. actually know and more games need to do what apex legends is doing that's probably the best part about the game is that ping system honestly and everyone should just steal it and start putting it in every game from now on um like you can aim at a gun and hit the button and it'll say like what gun it is to your teammates and it'll flag it for them on their map they can just look at it um but it's it's that for like ammo and armor and um you know if an enemy is coming you can be like i saw an enemy over there all of that without ever actually saying a word on voice comms so that's probably the coolest part about apex legends for me
1: did you you hear about any of it I haven't. I actually have not heard a lot about the gameplay of it. Like I've seen everybody play it. I've I've watched clips of it. I have it installed and just haven't turned. Like I haven't logged on to it. Well, it's one of those things. Oh no, I know I'm not. That's why I haven't been in any hurry. Like it's like I want to try it. So I installed it when everybody was losing their minds over it. And it's like it looks like a game I would probably like better. Than Fortnite, but I don't think I'm gonna like it.
0: Yes, I. That's accurate. I think that's very accurate. I wouldn't recommend this game for you. You just don't like first-person shooters enough, um, especially competitive ones, and you don't really like battle royale. And that's kind of what the game is at its core. So, the ping system is cool, though. You might want to play just a couple rounds just to like play around with that and see what they're doing because it's fascinating. And I hope that that shows up in more games yeah that the, sounds really cool, yeah it is um the other game that I played uh a bunch this week is this game called ape out, which it- I don't know where it came from it you know how I just pick up these indie games that are like in that yep. ten to twenty dollar range. this was a fourteen dollar game on Steam um I wish I had grabbed it on like uh switch I don't actually know if it's on switch, but if it is and you're listening to this, that's where you should probably get it instead um. But it is a game where you are like an ape or a gorilla or something vaguely ape-ish and you have to escape. And it's very simple controls, but it's this like cool little stylistic like jazz drum and the it's a top-down view. Um, the drums kind of match up with like the action and what's going on. So as it gets more frenetic, the drums pick up um, and the stylistic approach is like, it reminds me of a lot of those like movie intros from like the sixties or seventies. Like it, and I don't know if you're looking this up, I know half the time that I talk about a game you've never heard of, you're looking at it as I'm talking about it. So the game has not a whole lot to the controls. It's like the control stick and then the left trigger and the right trigger, and that's it. Um, But they managed to add way more layers of depth than you would think they could do with such basic controls. It's basically like um, the right trigger will just like, punch or like attack forward so if there's a guy and you're next to them and you hit them forward if you can hit them into a wall it will splatter them and they will just instantly Mm. die um the left trigger will like grab somebody to use as a human shield and all of these humans have like a gun so if you grab somebody and they have a gun they will do like one shot vaguely forward ish. So what you can do is you can grab someone kind of aim your body at somebody else and they'll shoot and you'll get one shot and then you can let go of it and you'll throw them in that direction. So it becomes this game of managing, like when do you hit somebody versus when do you grab somebody versus when do you throw them or when do you just try to avoid it to like get through the level? And the whole point of it is just to run. Um, and it, like I said, it's a st- super stylized, kind of like eight directional, not shooter necessarily, but action game. Um, but it's super simple and it's really fun and it's not a whole lot of money. So if any of that sounded interesting, I, I can recommend at least taking a look at it.
1: And it is on Switch. I just looked that uh, you can grab it on Switch. Okay, that's probably, like I said, in hindsight, I should have looked to see if it was
0: there first, because it feels like it would be a better fit for that system to just be able to play five or 10 minutes here and there. But I I stumbled on it on Steam, and I got it, so... I like it. It's fun. It's good. But I think that's about it for this week. Um, as always, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast.
1: And we also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links, and you can hang out with us there. And while you're there, you can check out all of the other shows and blogs and everything on the network. It's pretty sweet. I blog at a Green Mushroom.com and you can find me
0: at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter
1: and i'm on twitter as at professor beege that's beege with two e's and i blog at geek
0: <laughs> that's very convenient uh we've been voiding Beach with your gt podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks yay bye And remember, this week, keep it Geek.
1: Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights, sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E, power, to snag a spot on the couch.